Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear this complete conversation as well as recent shows featuring guests discussing new cases of the troubling cattle mutilation phenomenon, worrisome instances of clandestine CIA torture, and the evidence that the lost city of Atlantis may have really once existed. Check out these programs and many other fascinating episodes waiting for you in the Coast to Coast Archive by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Jason Hansen with us. His book, Survive Like a Spy, his website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Jason, of course, in this day and age, People are also subjected to cyber threats. If you can tell us a little bit about what they are and how people can fight back. Yeah, cyber threats are huge. I mean, that's one of the biggest dangers that people face just because it's so easy to do when somebody, you know, halfway across the world can suck out your information. I'd say probably the, one of the major ways these days is just public Wi-Fi. So they use what's called a man-in-the-middle attack. And if you go to a place like Starbucks, try and get on their Wi-Fi, you'll see the typical Starbucks Wi-Fi that you're supposed to click on. Mm -hmm. But right below it, you may see something that says Starbucks 1 or Starbucks 2. And that's a fake one, but if you click on it, try and enter your information, it'll still allow you in. But then the criminals have access to everything you're typing. Wow. Essentially an open book. And where, where are they? Are they in Starbucks? Are they outside? Where are they? So they can set up anywhere. I mean, these guys, they just got to be close enough to get your Wi-Fi connection. So they can be sitting in a Starbucks because obviously they blend in. Um, you know, they can be in a hotel lobby because, you know, everybody going to hotels is logging on to the hotel Wi-Fi. Uh, probably the best thing you can do, and it's an ex- not, uh, not expensive at all, is to get a VPN, which stands for Virtual Private Network. And if somebody just goes on the Internet and searches VPN, there's a lot out there, but you can download it, and then it encrypts what's going on. So, for instance, I was on an airplane today. The airplane Wi-Fi is obviously wide open and very easy for attack, but I use my VPN. That way my information is encrypted, and I don't have to worry about criminals essentially reading my email. Jeez. Now, what about the possibility, too, of cyberbullying? How do you fight back on that when most of these people are anonymous? Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to the same thing with stalking. So one, report it, you know, at least have a paper trail, go to the local police, and then two, ignore it. So I'm actually working with someone right now who is being cyberbullied, and it happens to be a woman, and I just kept telling her, you've got to ignore it, meaning shut down your Facebook accounts. If you have Twitter or whatever, you know, the latest, uh, latest social media craze is, shut down the account, stop reading it. Because obviously it's incredibly psychologically damaging when you read these things, and you've just got to ignore it. That way you've got to ignore a bully and not keep paying attention to them. What about the kids? Uh, you know, you as a parent, we're concerned about our children. And what if they're subjected to stuff like this and they don't tell you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've got four kids, so obviously want to make sure they're protected. And it comes down to stuff that we know what to do, but more and more parents these days don't. And that's having only one computer in an accessible area where everybody can see it. I mean, it's like, you know, how I remember is you have a computer in the family room. Mom and dad can watch you. They can make sure, you know, you're not going to sites you shouldn't. But they can also see who you're talking to. And I think more and more parents are trying to be the cool parents these days or too laid back. But you've got to watch your kids to make sure that, you know, some horrible person isn't bullying them or 
some horrible person isn't trying to lure them in to, uh, you know, all the, the pedophiles and all that crazy stuff. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went to Mexico to see a buddy of mine who got married, and you can Google George Nori kidnapped in Mexico. It almost happened, Jason. Uh, as I was leaving the hotel to go back to the airport, we solicited an airport um, or a van that was by the hotel, uh, and it was a, a shuttle van. And the driver was, um, of course, foreign and very nervous-looking and sweaty-looking, and but I thought nothing of that. And as we're going to the airport in Cancun, um, he's starting to really get nervous, talking on a two-way, not a phone, but a two-way with somebody else, and they seem to be yelling at each other. All of a sudden, his van breaks down in a seedy area of town, and uh, it was it was horrible. And cars are starting to show up, like his buddies. And uh, and I'm going, this is not good. So I reach for the door latch by the window. I pull it up. It's been sawed off, so I can't get out. Uh, I grab my bags from the back and then got out the front door. Some young kid was driving by. I waved a $100 bill at him, U.S., and he stopped. And I said, I need to go to the airport. And he says, okay, man. And I jump in, and I'm gone. Now, after the fact, Homeland Security apparently got involved. And what they claimed was they were going to, like, ATM me to death until it was, you know, wiped out, which probably would have taken two days. But, I mean, what a scary situation. I don't want to go back there. Well, absolutely. I mean, you did everything actually perfect. I mean, you should have you been a spy, George. Uh, First, Mexico is incredibly dangerous. I will not go there these days, and there's no amount of money. I mean, I get people who call me, and they want me to go train down there, and I say, absolutely not. You know, you fly up to me because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I mean, people I know go there often, and they say, no, it's not going to happen. Eventually, they almost have some kind of kidnapping attempt. Uh, But what you did was perfect because one of the things I teach people is when you're traveling overseas, have cash on you, especially a $100 bill, mm-hmm. because in an emergency, if you shove that in somebody's face, I don't care who they are, they're going to grab it and they're going to help you. Um, but again, it goes back to what we talked about when you first uh, we got on today about the North Korea kid who went over there and unfortunately ended up dying. The, the U.S. It, kid, yeah. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, thank you. The U.S. kid who went to North Korea is try and avoid the dangerous places. Obviously, you don't want to go to Iraq and Afghanistan, North Korea. But even Mexico, like I said, n- nothing's going to get me there these days. I don't care how much you try and pay me. See, in my case, I'm convinced that somebody at the hotel who may have, you know, Googled me and found out who I was and what I did notified somebody else, and I think it was a setup. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, international hotels, they have spotters sitting in the lobby. So if it's a popular hotel for American tourists, because everybody thinks Americans are rich, whether that's not you know true right. or not. So if you're an American, you show up in this hotel, they either have spotters sitting in the lobby who watch you check in, watch you and follow you somewhere, or else it's an inside job, which a lot of times it is. So that's one of the many reasons you never put your stuff in the hotel safe, because they all have the combo. Um, but also the guy checking you in can say, hey, man, that guy's wearing a uh, Rolex or that wife, you know, has a big ring on her finger, and then he'll call his buddies and say, hey, they're in this room, or, hey, he asked me about dining at XYZ Restaurant. So I think you're 100% right that the whole thing was a setup. 
Wow. People just need to be careful. Now, what about the CIA and the recruitment process? I mean, uh, did Elvis really belong to the CIA? I keep hearing those rumors. That is a great question. I'll let you know when I find out. All right. Uh, You know, the recruitment process varies. Most people, and again, this isn't the sexy answer, you know, apply, go through the very long process. I mean, it took me 12 months because you've got to get polygraphed. You've got to have the medical exam. You've got to have a psychological exam. They've got to do the background check. So that's the traditional way and how the vast majority of people go through. And then there's the small percentage who, you know, are Harvard graduates and speak 17 languages and are, you know, brilliant mathematicians. And unfortunately, I'm not any of those. So there, there's a very small percentage who meet that, you know, that exact recruitment the agency's looking for. Tell me a bit about your about on Shark Tank, of course, where you talked about uh, your organization, Spy Escape and Evasion School. Yeah, Shark Tank was uh, very well for me. It was an incredible blessing. I've always told people that I'm very good at what I do in the safety and survival world and keeping people safe, but I'm not the business expert. So I went on there trying to look for somebody who could teach me how to run a business better and how to grow the business because I love what I do and obviously want to teach more people. And I ended up getting a deal with Damon John, um, turned out to be a super nice guy and down to earth. And so it worked out very well for me and obviously got me publicity on a, you know ABC TV show that I certainly couldn't afford myself. You talk about the, having some apparatuses. What is a tactical pen? What is that? So a tactical pen is one of my favorite self-defense tools. And basically what I like to say is it's a pen on steroids. So it's a regular writing pen. You know, you can carry it around in your pocket, in your briefcase, and write with it. But it's made of a much harder metal, and it's got a point on the end. So let's say you were in a car, went over a bridge, and you're sinking. You could smash a window out with it. But also you could smash somebody else with it. So, you know, we talked about protecting women who, you know, are walking around late at night. Guns are great. Tasers are great. But also down the line is if you didn't have any of that, most of us are still going to carry a pen. So you can walk around with a pen in your hand, meaning I can't walk around with a gun in my hand. I can't walk around with a knife in my hand. But I can carry a pen. That way, if somebody does attack me, I can fight the guy off with it. And we actually have uh, students who have fought drug dealers off with a tactical pen who was trying to attack him in a gas Wow. It's like so. James Bond all over again. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.